Hello, everybody, and welcome to another film podcast. My name is Tierney. I'm Colin. And I'm Matt. Jesus. And this week we will be discussing... <laughs> so sensual. This week we will be discussing uh, David Fincher's The Game. Um, Real quick, did you guys ever play The Game in high school? Yep. I saw that in your subject line. I meant to say excellent reference. Yeah. Oh, is it like the circle game? What? What? No, it's, it's you should the game. Tell us what that is. <laughs> I was gonna say I've got follow up questions. This one? No. Where you have to punch someone if you see the circle? No. I mean, I know that game, but it's not what we're talking okay, about. There's fine, a game whatever. that we played in high school, literally called the game. And every time you think about the game, you lost the game. You lose. It's just like I a weird mind all. game bullshit that apparently I found out like literally 10 minutes ago has its own Wikipedia page. So if you want to. I did. Yeah. What? If I you want to go down the rabbit hole a little bit, uh, go for it. But anyway, we're not talking about that game today. We were talking about, as Tierney mentioned, David Fincher's The Game. Um, so this was one of my picks. Uh, David Fincher is one of my favorite directors. I love David Fincher's stuff. Um, I'm very sad that he took a super long hiatus to just do kind of shitty Netflix shows, specifically House of Cards. <laughs> oh, he did House of Cards? <laughs> he produced it. He directed, I think, the first two episodes. But anyway, so, he, say what he did mind about House of Cards. It's a good show, but you know, I just, the Robin Wright Penn character, she just sucks. I'd like you to both leave now. <laughs> no, she's actually great. I just knew it would piss Matt off. <laughs> she's going to come up again in this podcast. Let me just spoiler alert. Ooh, that that's a fun tease. All right. Um, but anyway, yeah. He, so he like took a break from movies, and he just did Netflix stuff for a while. And now he's doing another movie that is still Netflix, but it's an actual movie coming out later this year that I'm very excited about. But anyway, um, there are... Three Fincher films that I have not seen. Two of them are noteworthy. One of them is Alien 3. So there, <laughs> there was uh, a debate between putting The Game and uh, Panic Room, or The Game or Panic Room, onto our list, and I ultimately settled on The Game. Um, so to to kick things off the way I did the last time, I didn't do, like, two different rankings this time. I just did my own personal, like, if, if I were going to select a Fincher film to rewatch ranking um so i have number one social network number two fight club number three zodiac number four gone girl number five seven number six curious case of benjamin button number seven the game and number eight girl with the dragon tattoo um so i'm excited to talk to you guys about this one i actually liked this movie uh, a pretty good amount um I, it's it's not his best movie obviously um but it's Unlike the, um, <clears throat> unlike Insomnia, where we were like, this doesn't really feel like a Nolan film, uh, this definitely feels like a David Fincher film. Um, so I at least appreciated it on that level. Um, but it, like, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was fun. I thought it kind of lost it at the end there a little bit, but a lot of, like, the, um, a lot of, like, the weird psychological stuff leading up to the end I thought was really cool. Um, and I think, <clears throat> honestly, I would have really liked it if they would have cut out the last, like, five minutes. <laughs> but, uh, so that's my piece on this, and I'm excited to talk to you guys a little bit more. But before we get to that, what did you guys think? <clears throat> I'm just going to enthusiastically agree with literally everything you just said, Colin. And, uh, <laughs> Tierney, you can go. 
Uh, I was just gonna say that I didn't know really who he was, and you just listed off all of the movies, and I think that this movie, with the exception of, like, Fight Club, maybe, is probably the best of his movies. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> because I because I didn't like most of the ones you listed. Like, I did not Holy like The Social shit. Network. Didn't really like I Benjamin Button. I am a gape. Didn't, d I didn't really care for Gone Girl. Part of that's because I didn't really like the story. Uh, Girl <laughs> with the Dragon Tattoo is actually pretty good. Um, what else? Seven. Oh, seven's, seven's, seven's good. Oh. But, yeah, most <laughs> of them I've walked... I never saw Zodiac, no. But at most of those movies, I walked out being like, eh. Oh. So, I guess I'm going to be. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh. I did enjoy I mean, this movie. Wowie. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> so, I did not think that's where the conversation was going to go. Well, I didn't I either because I didn't know he did any of those movies. <laughs> until five minutes ago. Wow. That's insane. Um, I had no it. idea. Sorry, I'm not mad sorry. at you. Like you, you, you can have but your own opinion. Tierney, you should know. <laughs> you should know that Colin considers the Social Network probably one of the best movies of the last twenty years. At I least. so yeah. yeah. I did not do a like I was gonna do like a top fifty uh, of the 2010s list, and I just lost interest after I made it through like year 2014, and I was like, this is too much. I'm done here. But uh, Social Network would have been either number one or maybe number two. I fucking love Social Network so much. <laughs> so I did not. I found it boring. And I also, who's that main actor? I, I can't stand him in anything. Jesse, Jesse yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure, I, sure, I, ha sure. I hate him in everything. He's immediately I mean, distancing to the audience. You're supposed and to hate him in I the Social can't. Network. I just don't like watching him. God, this is going into the public world. Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I don't anyway, think Matt think likes he, him much either. <laughs> I mean, I think he ruined uh, Batman versus Superman okay. almost single-handedly. I would say Zack Snyder yeah. ruined Batman versus Superman single-handedly, but that's a conversation for a different time. Um, Tierney, what did you like Hashtag about this movie so back much? The Snyder Cut. <laughs> So I, I'd actually, I'd actually seen this movie before I saw it in high school. Um, one of my friends was obsessed with it and was like, you gotta see it. And so I did. And I enjoyed it. It's like a thriller and I don't know, it's kind of playing with reality, which is fun. Uh, watching it, the set designs of everything are really fun in this one. Um, and Michael Douglas's performance is pretty good. Um, what was I say? Oh, I did enjoy watching the computers. Um, <laughs> but the cinematography was really fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I will say that the game is very frustrating, like the actual game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I was like, as I was watching it, I was like, this is kind of a nightmare <laughs> like you guys both know i love puzzles i fucking love like escape rooms like that shit is As extremely I wrote down, I was like, my jam it's just like watching it's just like watching someone do an escape room yeah like yeah. it's all of that stuff I, I love doing it but watching this movie i was like i would hate this 
so goddamn much. <laughs> like, yeah, I want to talk about those things specifically. I was like, I, I wonder if this podcast will just be us talking about how great escape rooms are. <laughs> and I was like, and maybe that's the direction this whole podcast goes. But I also felt like uh, it was it was fun to watch the game, even though it was frustrating. Like, to see it unfold like an escape room or like uh, some sort of virtual reality, augmented reality thing. Um, but I think the ending really kind of screwed the pooch on the whole movie, in my opinion. So what about the ending did you guys not like? So, sh- yeah, let's just go all the way there, because I feel like it invalidates the whole previous movie. So I, I actually quite enjoyed it. Up to him jumping off the building. And I think, like, when he shot his brother and, like, mm-hmm. literally you thought that he had just killed his brother and he decides that he's going to commit suicide, I thought that was, like, if it would have ended there with him just, like, jumping off the building, I would have been, like, this is fucking great. Like, that is a really, like, it's a obviously sad, but it's, like, a really beautiful... Um, thematic ending for the way that his dad died and he got to watch his got to he had to like happened to watch his dad die like I thought that would have been a really fitting thematic ending and then when he like broke through the glass and landed on like that giant inflatable thing and you're like oh this is still part of the game and now he has a happy ending I was just like that to me that didn't really feel like it kept in theme with the rest of the movie like I can see it, I, I I understand it, but it just it that felt really cheap to me, and I wish that we just didn't have that part of it. See, yeah. I thought that it. You have to know a that that was all part of the game, so you need to. I think that you need to know that the game because it's tailored specifically to each person, and it's supposed to like make you feel like you're living again or whatever. So I think that in order for the game you need to know when the game is done and you didn't need to have all the schmoozing around chatting that's why i was wondering what about the ending specifically but if you had him fall land on the big like trampoline pillow thing and then have all of the people just like stand and just like you just see that it's a party that he's landed into and then ended it there it would be perfect i think but i think that you need to know that that part of the game was to have him face his dad's trauma by doing it like almost repeating it i don't know yeah i can see that i um i would have been more okay with that than what we got um but i do i i guess for me i think i would have i so much of this movie is this and uh ambiguity between what's real and what's not real and i think that that would have like him jumping off i I mean it's not ambiguous or i wouldn't have read it as ambiguous but i i think that i like that ending better where he it's like you could read it as like oh maybe this was still part of the game if you want to or you could read it as like oh no he he lost the game (laughs) lol uh we all just lost the game, and so did all of our listeners. Uh, but I think it um, was like Inception, before Inception. What do you mean? Where you don't the plot like of the convincing movie? him what's real? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Hmm. Anyway, sorry I interrupted. 
Oh, no, no. I mean, like, that was basically... I was just saying, I think... For me, I think I would have liked it a lot better if it ended either on a down note or a more ambiguous note. But the way it ended on, like, a happy note, just it didn't feel true to me. To the rest of the movie that we had seen. I agree that, like, the point of the game was to, like you know, live again and have fun and all this other stuff. Like, I understand that, but that's just not, like, the movie that we were watching. Or I didn't feel like that was the movie we were watching. Can I just can I just show you guys something really quick, uh, sort of yeah. related to what we're talking about? Yeah. What is oh. it, Steven Spielberg and David Fincher? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just... I, sure. As soon as I... Maybe they both should have cut the movies I, five minutes earlier. <laughs> As soon as I was going down this rabbit hole of like, I didn't like the ending. I was like, God damn it. Tyranny's going to throw this in my face. <laughs> well done. I hated this ending. <laughs> I thought the ending was so stupid. What, what all did you hate? T- like, where would you have cut I, it off or what would you have done differently? I honestly think uh, when he's on the roof and she's like, there are people with champagne glasses. There are people with champagne glasses behind there. Like, it's for your birthday. I hate back and forth twists. I think they're maybe the stupidest thing. Par example, the village, M. Night Shyamalan's crapster piece, uh, the village suggests that these fucking red ass demons live in the, in the forest, and then, spoiler alert, they don't. It's a bunch of old people in costumes. But then the old people in costumes are like, but actually, there were rumors that monsters lived in the forest. And then you see one, and you're like, oh, fuck. The monsters are real. They're in the forest. And then, nope, guess what? It's Adrian Brody. They're not real. Why did we do this journey? That's what the game felt like in the last ten minutes of the movie, where they were like, he's like, you fucked up my life. Everything is gone. And she's like, no, 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 it's a birthday party. And then it's a birthday party, but he shot his brother, so now he fucked up, and now he ruined the whole thing. But then he lands on a big cushion, and it's all part of the game, and everything was planned. It's so, like, <laughs> fooled ya. I just hated every minute of, like, we gotcha. Even as elaborate and stupid as all these insane moments were. Like, we're going to drop you off in Mexico, and then we're going to, like, <laughs> pretend like we took all your money. We're going to drug you. We're going to, like, shoot real bullets at buildings and through windows. And oh, it's all special effects. No big deal. It was all fake. It was so dumb. I hated that. I, I will say the real question the, there is: What do you think is the objective of the game? I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea what we were supposed to learn that Michael Douglas learned about himself. I besides the fact that he is a hollow. What you have. Does he appreciate it? I now? mean, I think so. At the end, yeah. Because he lost it for a couple days? Because people took it out of his hands deliberately and attacked him mentally? And then he took his last remaining family. And that's why he wanted to die. Because he had nothing left to live for. And then he doesn't die and realizes that he has a lot to live for. Yeah, but he took it. <laughs> but he took his brother's life because he was tricked into it. Like... Oh, we've mentally True. exhausted you to the point where you think everyone is going to come and kill you? Oh, and turns out you killed your brother. Doesn't that teach you a lesson? And then for the lesson to be that you should kill yourself 
and then to be like fooled you now you know what it feels like to die and now you can live it's like what the fuck is this what are we trying to accomplish here what kind of crazy like i think it was everyone's reactions to it that drove me nuts of like a party full of people that were like oh, so sorry we had to act like that but isn't it a nice birthday party yeah just like, like everyone's in on the joke <laughs> Yeah, what kind of nightmare reality is this? Where they're like, ha 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 ha, happy birthday. We drove a taxi into the lake because we thought it would make you a better person. Ha 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 I will I say... it was so stupid. <laughs> the I think the suspension of disbelief gets really hard at the end of the, the game. Because I think yeah. a lot of the stuff that happens before then is really easy to be like, okay... Like, this doesn't feel real, but it could be real. And, like, you can kind of track that journey fairly reasonably. But I think when it gets mm -hmm. to the end, I think there's a lot of stuff where you just have to take pretty huge leaps in logic to, like, in order to accept the premise. And I think that's where <clears throat> the unsatisfying ending kind of makes some of the other stuff less effective for me. Um, and I think if... Because, like I said, I think a lot of the stuff in the first, like, hour of the game is, like, pretty well done and, like, pretty, like, reasonable and fairly mm -hmm. realistic. But it's, like, all of the other shit, like, how could that have been planned? Like, him, right. like, them dropping him off in Mexico, how could they have planned that he would come back? And how could they have planned that he would have found a real gun? And how could they have planned that he was going to jump off that roof at that exact spot versus anywhere else you know like there's just so many points yeah towards the end of the game where it's just like this is this is unrealistic and that's why i think had it ended with him just shooting his brother i think it would have been a more effective ending because then it, you wouldn't have had to go on those leaps you could have just been like oh shit <laughs> like he you know i i don't know i just i didn't think that there's a lot of stuff that I just kind of left me cold towards the end of the game, which I was a little bummed by because I did like a lot of the game as much as like me personally was like, this seems like a nightmare. It was fun to watch. And I was, it was like pretty tense. There were like several sequences where I was like on the edge of my seat. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the ending just kind of left me a little wanting. Yeah. I think also like Sean Penn reacting in the car alone to all the keys in the glove compartment is like, why would you react like that if you're literally in on it? Like, what is any of this besides, like, oh, well, we were all just playing along. And it's, like, the the whole time when people were reacting alone and were not with Michael Douglas, that, that was also planned. It just really lost at the end. But what were you going to say, Tierney? I didn't think his reaction in the car was one of fear. It was like, okay, the keys are here. And then he stepped out. Uh, I found maybe I mean I think the game itself is super frustrating mm -hmm. and uh, like just gaslights a person yeah. for everything <laughs> I, mean, I also frustrating to watch will say I uh, I don't have like a ton of sympathy for a millionaire losing all of their money especially in 2020 yeah. <laughs> so I think like 
I, I don't know, like, maybe that would have been a little bit more effective in 1997. And also, he's not, like, a billionaire. Like, he's loaded, and he's kind of an asshole. But, like, right now, me, 2020, living through this pandemic, knowing that, you know, nearly 40 million Americans are unemployed, and Jeff Bezos is on his way to be the first trillionaire, I was just kind of like, fuck him. Like, take his goddamn money, give it to somebody who actually needs that money. Like he clearly doesn't. So that was another thing. And that, again, that's just like, that's not fair to criticize the movie for, cause that's not the movie's fault, but that was a thing that I had a problem with. Like me personally connecting to the movie. Cause I like, especially at the end when it's like, Oh, everything's fine. You're happy now. I was like, well, I don't fucking care if this asshole's happy. <laughs> like take his goddamn money. Here's, <laughs> no. Yeah. Here's what I'll say is that, a millionaire losing his money who was an asshole to begin with and then learning the lesson to not be an asshole and still be rich is like and he learned the lesson of not being an asshole by like threatening to kill people and saying like I'm fragile I'm on the edge I'm gonna fucking kill someone (laughs) and then that taught him the value of life and how much he should appreciate all of his riches all of his money because that's the whole point of it, is just to be like, isn't it nice to have money? Because how hard is it to get back from Mexico without money? And isn't it a birthday? Isn't isn't your relationship better with money? It's just a stupid lesson for, like, a rich guy to learn, like, it is nice that I'm rich. And I should also appreciate the people in my life that allow me to be rich. It's totally, the game is totally for rich people. Yeah. I will say I had no idea what this movie was about. Um, And for like a hot minute, I was like, is this like, is he signing up to like murder people or get murdered? Like, I thought it was like a, like a hunt situation for a little bit. And I'm glad it isn't that. Like, I I don't think I would have wanted that, but um, I did, you know, kind of like what you were saying, Tierney, I did kind of think like, you know, especially with the hunt, there's like a very, um, like economic difference discrepancy between the, the groups of people. Um, you know, and so, and then also I was like, you know, in hostile, uh, you know, rich people would pay to murder people in some random country in Eastern Europe. So like, I thought it was something along those lines and I'm very glad it's not that, but, um, I, yeah, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't be that invested in him as a character because I just like, I just didn't feel that bad for him. But at the same time, like I, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked without him having the money. Like like you said, the game you need to be rich in order to be able to play that game. Like when they like, I almost wish that they would have just like shown what the final bill was because like it had to be out of control. Like with yeah. all of the people that were involved and all the people, like just like their salaries, however much they were getting paid, and then like all like the damage to like his house probably was covered in this game. Like, the police, like, got, had to have been paid off for the whole taxi incident, like, dr- driving that into the water. Like, just all of the crazy, ridiculous shit. Like, that bill must have been insane. <laughs> Good thing he has six, $600 million <laughs> to spare. When did we figure out how much money he has? He tells her when he's in her house, he's like, oh, this yeah. isn't just... Yeah, he's like, it's $600 million for pensions and for salaries. Which yeah. is a lot of money. $600 million is a lot of money. But the point is... But it's a uh, company, isn't it? I mean, probably, I guess. I took um, that to I mean that nice they things. stole the company's money. Oh, probably. 
That makes sense. Uh, my I, d- I do have uh, nice sorry, things ahead. to say though. No, no, you go. Oh boy. I don't know. I cut out for a minute, <laughs> so I don't know if you guys heard what I said. That the most frustrating part of this movie is watching someone get gaslit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you did hear it. Okay. I'll yeah. just cut this part out then. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Matt. Oh no, I, I was gonna say I do have nice things to say about uh, this movie and. Like the opening, very succession. How yes. exactly succession opening? If you've seen succession on HBO, it's like almost like succession, just like shot for shot. Remade I literally thought it was the same the footage at first. I was like, wait a second, where are the so other three kids or the other kids? I was like, something's wrong here. It's, it's crazy how similar it is to the opening of succession. And when it was just like some weird piano music, but not the succession theme, I was like, something is wrong here. <laughs> like a real yeah. uncanny Valley situation. <laughs> and honestly, this whole movie could be an episode of succession easily. Like it makes sense that this would be in like a spinoff of succession. And they're like, ha ha ha. This is just how we celebrate birthday parties. Isn't that fun? How rich we are. And that would make sense. And I think maybe looking at it with that uh, lens makes it a little easier to digest of like, yes, these are awful humans and there is no good message at the end. It's just like rich people could do whatever they want because they're crazy. (laughs) I feel like this also could have been in like a prequel to Batman with Bruce Wayne's parents. It's the same type of house, same type of business. We don't know. Maybe. Were they good people? Don't do not question the morality of the Wayne family on this podcast, Tierney. <laughs> Thomas and Martha were good people. Then how um, do they still have all that money? Hush. If they were so good, why do they still have all the money? Because they're doctors and rich families. Old money. Just saying. Anyway. Just saying. Why didn't they donate any? Because they did. <laughs> That's why. Because they did. Um, well said. Uh, Mad Men. Mad Men also. Shout out to Mad Men for a, a person falling down the side of a building. Yeah. I just have shout outs, really. Uh, that's most of my notes is just shout outs to things. The, the opening intro to Mad Men is Don Draper, like the animated Don Draper falling, and then oh, the end yeah. of Got the it. game is... <laughs> yeah. I thought it was... I thought there was, like, something that happened in Mad Men. Nope. No. Oh. <laughs> also, uh, also uh, I don't think Matt's watched enough Mad Men to make a Mad Men reference, but I do think, like, the opening titles to Mad Men are iconic enough that it's, it's broken through into Matt's memory, so... <laughs> yeah. I will say uh, uh, the scene where they drive him off the road or where the car falls off the bridge. Uh, yeah. I immediately in my head went, oopsie daisy. And then he says it. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I. One thing oh, no, along those lines. When he shows them the car, the, yep. the card of it. When they're yeah. doing oh, like at the beginning, off. they. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. I do think I am excited to go back to this movie because I think there's a lot of stuff in here, like in the game that I probably missed just because I, this is the first time I'd ever seen it. Um, but two examples, one, 
when they show, like, when they're doing the psych test and they're just, like, showing the cards and they're doing word association and he shows that car driving off and he says, whoops. First of all, I thought that was really funny. Second of all, when the, like, when the taxi went off the like the road into the lake i literally was like oh i wonder if all of the things in the game are related to things that we saw in his like psych test which i don't think is true but like i thought about it for a little bit and i was like no because they showed him like that weird maze and i never like a maze never really came into play so i don't necessarily think that that's true but i do wonder if there's like a lot more like easter egg type stuff um built into this movie that I just didn't pick up on. So I do think that this will be a really fun rewatch. Um, and another thing that I noticed is after the movie was over, so I own this on Blu-ray, and so I went into the special features, and I was just, like, watching some of the special features, and I rewatched the trailer. Um, just because, like, especially with these types of movies, like, I think it's fun to watch the trailer after you see the movie, just to see, like, how did they market it? How, like, did they kind of dance around some of, like, the twists and reveals? Um, but at the very, like towards the beginning of the movie, it's like his, the first scene where he's in his office and his like secretary is talking to him about like all these meeting invites that she needs to like approve or deny or whatever. And then that other woman comes in and says like, Hey, your wife's on the phone or your ex-wife's on the phone. Do you guys remember that sequence? I'm 95% sure that the second woman was, uh, like Christine Christine or Claire or whatever I like I don't know for sure but the way the trailer is shot it it's like a real quick shot that you like you just see her face really quickly and I think it might be her so I do think there's gonna be some fun easter egg type stuff in this movie on a rewatch um so I'm excited about that I could see that um it also reminded me of uh Blackout 21 the like live action haunted house that would like text you crazy shit oh yeah to like go and do and i was like oh i guess this would be kind of like what it's like but that would be like this movie would be the extreme version of that um of that like it's always happening and you don't know when it's stopped um but like the blackout 21 thing was like you would get a text at midnight and it'd be like unlock your front door and go into the shower and take a shower why (laughs) and then you just do it and then they would be like uh call this number and you'd call it and be somebody on the other line like i i got away i got away but you got to pick me up at the at the corner you got to meet me at the corner and then like hang up on you and you had to like walk to the corner and you get a text message to be like go back to your house right now and then you have to like run back to your house this sounds like a living hell. Yeah, what? it sounds so cool. One of our friends, uh, Nick's friend, and my friend Jared, actually did it, and like that's where I heard about the like unlock your door at like and take a shower and then go back to sleep. I, I remember and they you... probably have your address too. Yeah, <laughs> it's the game. It's the game, baby. It's the real game. I remember you telling me about that. And I don't know if we lived together at the same, like, at the time when you were telling me about it, or if we were just, like, friends. But I remember thinking, like, you were like, I think I might do it. And I was like, you're a fucking moron. Don't do that. <laughs> like, sounds like a terrible idea. So cool. And also, if we were living together at the time, 
and you had to do dumb I'd shit like on the, the second say, like, you have to do dumb shit like unlock the door while Tierney and I are just like sleeping or whatever and you're just like I don't know come murder them I don't care fucking asshole when really matt, <laughs> matt, was, matt was the opposite of that in that he'd lock the door and not have keys while we were sleeping <laughs> several times i would not not have my keys i would get my keys stuck in the door so that i had to call locksmith <laughs> at two in the morning on black friday so they could open the building doorknob <laughs> so i can get into my apartment and pry out my keys from the doorknob <laughs> I didn't forget my keys. I put it the wrong there was a key bit of in. That as well. No, there wasn't. <laughs> I always had my keys. I just oh, one time I locked my keys inside uh, when I was supposed to leave for Pittsburgh that afternoon. Um, <laughs> so okay, a couple times I had key incidents, <laughs> but they were not related to me forgetting them. I always knew where they were. They were either inside or. Uh, in the door itself and unable to pry out from the door. What do you think, Colin? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I would say a little of column A, a little of column B, I think. I know my own foibles. <laughs> foibles. <laughs> what a great word. Um... Uh, but yeah, I think, like, we talked a little bit about this earlier. This movie looks amazing, and I think it's, yeah. yes. um, like, that's one of, like, the things that I love about Fincher films, and um, I had this thought when I was watching this today. Uh, I'm curious what you guys think about it. I, it. This is, like, not fully formed, but David Fincher, you know, he's, like, known as, like, a perfectionist. Um, and we already talked about Wes Anderson a little bit uh, when we did the Royal Tenenbaums. Is David Fincher, like, Wes Anderson's, like, deeply demented, fucked up little brother? <laughs> like, they both make these, like, perfectly looking films that where, like, everything in the film, like, is considered and everything in the frame is considered. They're, like, it's not quite the same type of perfection, but it is a perfection and, like, Wes Anderson films are all, like, bright and sunny and whimsical. And David Fincher films are all, like, dark and fucked up and depressing. Um, so it was just, like, an interesting thing that I thought of today. I'm curious what you guys, what your thoughts are on that. Like, again, I'm not, like, fully sold on this either. This isn't, like, Tierney's uh, Canyon Moon um, revelation that we all fully agreed with immediately. This is just something that I thought of this morning. It was like, hmm, that's an interesting thing that I'd never considered before. Hmm. Maybe. I don't really... I mean, I mean they're not actually related, limited, for the record. <laughs> right. I have limited knowledge of his films. Uh, this one, you can definitely see it with some of, like, the office settings and stuff. <clears throat> but, uh, mm -hmm. like, I don't remember really any shots as standing out from the social network. Uh, <laughs> I remember stuff from Fight Club, obviously, um, and the baby running from Benjamin Button, or him running with the baby, because he was not taking care of that baby's neck, and I started crying in the movie theater. <laughs> oh, I had to rewatch Benjamin Button. I don't. Remember it's in that. like the first five minutes when he <laughs> gives birth to the ugly baby. 
the dad is like running with him down the road and the baby's head is just like jostling oh. around and i was like oh no <laughs> started crying yikes uh. <laughs> i'll say i think uh, in in terms of perfectionism probably that it's like david fincher is a dark perfectionist and wes anderson is light perfectionist yeah but but I do I don't know if their styles exactly match up. Oh no. Um, but they I think in the way that they are like uh, the mise en scene is important and they care about the lighting and they've got all these like particular wants for acting. I think that's probably a fair comparison. Um, but I don't know if they're direct opposites. Right. I guess. Yeah. I mean, like fincher films are always like super stylized and not in the way that wes anderson films are super stylized um his so, look real like they look like they exist in reality or is absolutely not absolutely yeah um and even like his most absurd movies like uh curious case of benjamin button is like probably the most unrealistic of his films like every scene in that movie does look realistic and it does have this feel like yeah, okay, like, maybe that did happen. Maybe there was a weird person who aged in reverse. Um, so, like, his movies definitely have that same, like, that grittiness to them. Um, and they all kind of look like they have, like, a not, like, the blue filter, but they all just kind of look, like, really dark and grimy. And cold. Um, and cold. I, <laughs> I feel like Soderbergh and Fincher are, like, very uh, close in their like kind of cold removed uh calculated unemotional kind of stories um just these kind of like these are the facts this is exactly what's happening this is how it looks um and the lighting is very like stark and harsh mm-hmm. and cold high um, contrast in all of their movies yeah do you know i, who... I did think oh sorry go yeah, ahead. this is beautiful no, this this movie was very good looking though, and it made me only want to visit San Francisco more than I already do. And uh, have a house that's entirely wood. Yeah, <laughs> all of the wood in this movie, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> uh, do you know what other directors very similar actually? Now that you're describing it in more in more detail, is uh, M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I brought him up first, but I, I don't feel like he's meant. I don't know if anybody's compared to him. Although I will say, joke. I wasn't being serious. <laughs> I will say though, um, to I did not anticipate this happening, but to just drive that point home even further, um, one of the like the first Fincher film I saw was Fight Club and I saw it in high school and I remember thinking like, oh, this is cool in the same way that like a 17 year old high school dude would think that Fight Club is cool. And like, since then I've been able to appreciate it more than just like, oh, this is cool and all, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, But I do think it's interesting that like, and again, part of this is just like how old I was, like when these movies came out. But um Sixth Sense and Fight Club both came out in 1999, and both of them are, like, mm. two of the most iconic, like, what-the-fuck twists that I've ever seen. And I remember, like, that was one of the first things I loved about Fight Club, and what kept bringing me back to Fight Club was just that, like, holy shit, Tyler Durden reveal. 
Um, so this is mostly unrelated to the game, but it is interesting while we're talking about <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan and David Fincher. <laughs> I mean, I brought up the village, so maybe they're not that far apart. Maybe we all know they're they're somehow tied together. <sighs> when you mentioned mm. just when you were talking there, you said sixth sense, but what I heard was signs. <laughs> so you're talking about the twist at the end, and I was like, "That the aliens die?" What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Oh, oh no. yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I like Signs. Signs is definitely better than The Village, but it's there's there's not much of a twist in Signs. <laughs> I have a a moment that I wanted to to talk about. Uh, it's not very big. But the scene where both him and Christine jump from the fire escape into the dumpster was so bizarre and, like, strange just to watch Michael Douglas, like, woo, and, like, go into a dumpster. It, like, seemed like a different movie. Like, jumping from a fire escape into a dumpster in front of a Chinese food restaurant. With an audience, like, which I thought was really weird, too. Like, that was a weird Yeah, movie. it was just like, what is this? Is this a joke? <laughs> and anytime Michael Douglas ran around, I was like, he's not... He wouldn't be able to run this fast, would he? But maybe he's spry. I don't know. I don't know. Michael Douglas in general, I don't know entirely how I feel about his 80s persona i feel like he was touted as like a sex symbol yeah in the 80s i don't know and it's like kind of weird yeah he's like (laughs) i think he's a good actor i do think he's a good actor but he's like kind of i don't know bird-like and he's always kind of just like a dad and it like a just kind of baggy he's a baggy dad like de niro in insomnia uh less 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 baggy though uh, first, he's pretty baggy towards the end of the First movie. of all, it's Pacino <laughs> when he's in, those, in Insomnia. Like, sail-like pants? <laughs> it's, I was going to say... Uh, did I say De Niro? You said De Niro. It is, it's Pacino. Pacino. And I was going to say, when he's running around, not like literally running around, but when he, like, he was wearing suits at the beginning of the movie. I mean, he wears suits throughout the entire time, but I was like... These actually look like they're fairly well-tailored. That's <laughs> like this... There's There's not a lot of like like tiny shrink gun or shrink ray situation happening here but pretty much everything after mexico it was like oh you got the pacino treatment here (laughs) (laughs) they were like two sizes too big please and all of his wardrobe at the end i do think he like his performance was really good i i haven't seen a lot of his like iconic role like i haven't seen fatal attraction and i think i saw wall street maybe once um so like i'm not super familiar with michael douglas but i thought he was really good in this movie um and i like i thought that he played the like i think he played all aspects of that character really well like he played the asshole investment banker really well and he played the guy who's just like what in the actual fuck is happening right now really well also um so i was pretty impressed with his performance i actually thought um Christine was really interesting as well. Like, I don't necessarily know if I'm sold on her performance, but like, I don't, I'm not familiar with that actress. And so like, yeah, what else is she? I I looked her up on IMDb and there was, there wasn't really anything that like jumped out at me. So I don't know, but I like, whenever she was on screen, I was like, you're an interesting screen persona that I'm at least like invested in watching this happen. 
um, which I thought was kind of interesting. I, Sean Penn was like off the rails in this entire movie. <laughs> I was like, this is kind of fun. Like, that's a fun, like, balance. <laughs> like, especially that first sequence when they're having like lunch at the restaurant and like the first time you meet Sean Penn and like mm-hmm. they're just so wildly different people. And then later you see Sean Penn again and he's just like insane and screaming. Um, we'll cut that part out. <laughs> but yeah, you just see him later, and he's just like insane and screaming and running down the streets of San Francisco. And you're just like, holy shit, Sean, Sean Penn is like, he's on one in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I uh, I have a couple lines that uh, that I thought were particularly delivered well by Michael Douglas. Um, one, I don't know the full line, but I know that he said uh, something, quote, but fucking Captain Kangaroo. Um, yes. Which I thought was an insane line, but also very funny. And I giggled quite a bit. Um, uh, and just his delivery of, like I said before, when he's like about to get carjacked and he just pulls out a gun and goes, I'm very fragile right now. <laughs> I was like, this is also a very good delivery. Um, and an actual, like, actual good moment of acting is when he first gets home and he hears the noises and he has a gun. And he's like, I've got a gun. And he, like, walks into the room and he's terrified. He, like, really looked terrified. He's very good at looking, like, exactly how he's feeling. Um, and so I thought that was a great delivery of just, like, oh, like, someone's in my house. I'm so tired. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to shoot anybody. I'm so tired. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Um, and, oh, and just a moment that I wanted to talk about was the moment where he says, keep the change to the taxi driver um, when he gets dropped off because he's got money again. And I was like, it is an interesting character moment of, like, because I've got money now, I'm willing to spend it. Like, I'm willing to, to like, give it away again to show that I have it. Even though he, like, lost all of the $600 million he thought at the time. Um, I took it as less of an altruistic, like, oh, here's a tip. And more of, like, a self-serving ego boost to be like, I'm rich enough to tip and leave the change. I don't even care. I, I took know. it to mean like a like a reflex, like he didn't even think about it. Mm. Interesting. That's interesting too. Yeah, I definitely took it as like a. I took it as he like he's starting to change, <clears throat> like he's not quite mm. there. And obviously, like you know, I, it's too early for him to do that. But like that was kind of I read it as like he's starting to recognize that he needs to not be a complete asshole. Especially after, like, all the shit that he had to go through, presumably, to get back to San Francisco from Mexico. Right. But. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say um, about, like, the movie itself. We can talk about all the other stuff if we want to in a little bit, but do you guys have anything else? No. Is I it? think that's the problem that I had with it too is that it's so plot heavy that like there's not much more to say than just like because none of it really mattered it's like yeah I guess those moments were stressful but it wasn't the stakes were never really high there was a diver in the water there was 
they never really took all the money away. Everyone was in it for his birthday. So then it does kind of be like, well, then what do you talk about after? Like, wow, that was pretty crazy. Would that be crazy if that happened to you? But it's like, okay, <laughs> what else besides the mechanics of a plot is there to discuss? And that it looked nice and that Michael Douglas gave a good performance. But, like, it didn't leave me feeling like I learned or felt anything for anyone. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, I mean, I said, you know, obviously, like, I gave my rankings at the beginning. Um, it's pretty low on the list. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. a well-made movie, um, and I'm, like, I'm excited to watch it again, but as I mentioned, the reason I'm excited to watch it is more of, like, like a puzzle box type situation. I'm not right. necessarily, like, invested in the story. Like, whereas Social Network, I will go back because I think that that's, like, a very compelling story, and I really, I like those characters. I think it's ex- extremely well-written. Um, and so, like, I go back to that movie for a variety of reasons. This movie, right. I would only go back to it because I want to see if I can puzzle some pieces together, which, like, it is what it is. Like, that's, a that's like, a basically a cottage industry in entertainment in 2020, <laughs> like, especially with, like, fucking Westworld yeah. and all the, like, subreddits trying to, like, figure every TV show out ever. Um, so, like, there's definitely, like, a market for that. It's just I, I don't usually... Like, that's not something that I would go back to. Like, I would I would like something a little bit more than just, like, trying to figure out the, the pieces. So I agree. But, I mean, I did, like, it's it's a... It was entertaining, uh, which was good. Like, I mm-hmm. I think it, it was a little slower at the beginning. Like, a lot of the setup, I was like, okay, like, let's just get to the game. But once the game was going, up until, like, the last part of the game, I was like, this is pretty dope and pretty quick and pretty, like, you know. <laughs> uh, Tierney, we can edit this out, but what the fuck are your, like, neighbors doing? <laughs> just, like, First street all, racing? We can, we can keep it in just, hopefully this reaches a broader audience because fuck these people. I live on Hollywood <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> in Chicago, which is right where Lakeshore Drive ends. And that was probably, I'm guessing, either 16 motorcyclists or a Mustang with, like, a busted-out muffler because they all do that, and Mustangs aren't built that way, and they all destroy them, and it is so annoying. And people come off Lakeshore Drive two blocks to Broadway, turn around, and then come right back. So I wouldn't be surprised if you hear those guys again in about 30 seconds. Just throw some sharp jacks down in the middle of the street to pop all their wheels. What I really want to do is, uh, this is would be applying to things besides just um, this situation. Is like when people roll stop signs. I'd love to have like a satchel full of like water balloons with like red liquid inside, so I could just chuck it at their windshield, and then they have a heart attack thinking that they <laughs> hit somebody because they're negligent. <laughs> Jesus Christ. (laughs) Not actually a heart attack. I just want them to be scared. I want their balls to shoot back up into their body. You you want to teach them a lesson. Exactly. And I could lob them perfectly from this window. This is so you're playing a different game, which is a much more like economically Mm -hmm. friendly game than (laughs) the ridiculous traipse through San Francisco that Michael Douglas went on. Yes. And probably in the long run might save some lives. So, you know. Yeah. So you're just, it's all true. Look at you go. I support it. (laughs) Anyway, that was it. 
All right. Uh, um, should we do the segments now? Yeah. Yeah. Academy Awards. Well, tattoo ideas. Tattoo ideas. Oh, actually, before we get into that, one other quick thing. Um, I mentioned I was like playing around on the Blu-ray earlier, and they had some special features. One of them was an alternate ending, which I was like, ooh. Uh, I'm going to tell you what it was. I'm curious your thoughts on it. Uh, so the alternate ending on the Criterion Blu-ray is everything else is the exact same. He walks out of the party to try and find Christine. Or, I mean, like, it's that's what happens in the actual movie. But he walks out of the party and asks, like, the, like the doorman asks him something, and he says no, and then he just, like, walks down the street. <laughs> no, he just, like, walks away. So, like, there isn't... The, they Basically, the only thing that's different is that there isn't that final conversation with Christine. I was like... I thought Christine like, was going to actually take his bank account money and run away with it. And that would have been a, a great twist at the end, is when they were like, oh, she said she has to leave. And she was already in the cab, and then he looked at his account, and it was all removed because she got the password, and then she did a, and she did apply it. I will say that, that, that was a better a- twist. If you're going to back foot flop also if he <laughs> started to appreciate life walked outside and then got hit by a bus also and then she said Gret, and then she said uh she got hit by a bus just kidding she's alive mean girls oh. i don't know Damn the quote. i just know that that happens in mean girls and that's how you regina george it. died <laughs> that's how regina george died correct uh, uh it's that- kind of a regina george I will say that I did think it was really clever the way they actually got his, like, bank number. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. when, when she, like, she's like, yeah, all your accounts are closed. And then he calls, like, the bank in Switzerland. And she just, you can see the look on her face when he's saying the number, like, the code out loud. I was like, oh, that's clever. <laughs> that's, uh, and also, mm-hmm. as somebody who has done a lot of uh, over-the-phone ordering and given my credit card number out a lot over the uh, the, the last couple months. I was like, oh. <laughs> Anyway. Um, uh, tattoo ideas. Tattoo ideas. The man falling from Mad Men. Nice. I like it. <laughs> Mostly because mm-hmm. Mad Men is significantly better than this movie. <laughs> Correct. Um, I would say uh, the logo for the company. CRS? C- CRS, yeah, because it's so sexy. It's such a sexy Like that logo. like weird like triangle thing? Sure. I was just joking because the letters are so ugly. Yeah, I oh. was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, that like the triangle is actually kind of cool. Like, they're, like their actual logo, not like the acronym of the company, but like the actual like it's kind of like an impossible triangle. Oh. I don't know if I remember that. I think. I don't know. I watched it earlier today, and I think that that's what it was. But as soon as I said it, I was like, maybe it wasn't. <laughs> oh, dude, I just I just don't get a tattoo for this movie, right? Like, that's the real answer? No. No, it's not yeah. worth it. <laughs> or, or, or the Mad Men. <laughs> just, <laughs> just get Don Draper falling. <laughs> and um, say it's from the game. Yeah, it's like, guys, it's from one of my favorite movies, The Game. Everyone's like, no, that's literally just the artwork from Mad Men. <laughs> and you're like, on this arm, this is also from The Game. And they're like, yeah, that's the opening of Succession. <laughs> so uh, I would say, unsurprisingly, this movie did not get nominated for any Academy Awards, which feels fair. fair. 
I think yeah. the only one that it would maybe even have a shot in, I think, would be cinematography. But even that, I don't think was, or like... Set design. I, yeah, production design would be cool, too. I think, like, especially... There were a lot of really cool... Um, like, sets in the... Like, when he goes into his house... There's a lot and, like, of really black, cool like, sex in the movie. Yeah, there's so much so, cool sex. So much so cool much sex. Cool I was like... Sex. That, can you that one sex scene? Can you that zoom like, in on God, those Polaroids? Be nominated. I want to. I, I want to see those. <laughs> there actually it's was. Like, I, I was <laughs> uh, there was some weird sex on those Polaroids. Probably we didn't. Uh, we didn't get a good enough look at them, but I would imagine they were probably there. Uh, the ones that we saw were pretty chaste and. Uh, do better next time Fincher and everyone involved but uh when he yeah. when he goes home and like the black lights come on and like all the graffiti and everything I was like that looks really fucking cool but also I would be pissed if somebody did that to my house so like you know yeah. um but yeah I don't I don't necessarily think I would like ride too hard for this one in any way nah academy wise um I also would say that this is a movie that I don't think I would want to spend time on the set yeah, no. <laughs> I I don't think I as much as I seems... love. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. As as much as I love. Oh God damn it! I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I love David Fincher, I don't think I would want to be on any David Fincher film sets. They all sound yes. like a fucking nightmare. Like there's the like iconic story of like the first scene in Social Network with Rooney Mara and Jesse Eisenberg that apparently they did like 99 takes for, which is just unheard of. And not of. one of them was good. Fuck off. <laughs> 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 um, but like, I love his movies, but I, I think just like being on his set would just be awful. Yeah. Cause it's Wes Anderson without any whimsy. Without like what the <laughs> fuck are you there for? Why would you want to be with that? The only reason you deal with Wes Anderson's perfectionism is because you're like, oh, but look how cute this notebook is. And in this, it's just like, oh, cool. I get to watch Michael Douglas catapult into uh, the ocean in a taxi cab. How fun. I also think Wes Anderson has like a familial community aspect to his sets where like everyone is part of a team. Whereas I oh, yeah. don't know much about David Fincher, but I feel like it's every man for himself. <laughs> I yeah I that seems fair. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, but that that would check out to me, especially in this also, particular social, social, movie. Because I think yeah. like also Social Network was written by uh, Aaron Sorkin, who famously is quoted in Am Megan Amram's tweet: "Sorkin, my own dick." <laughs> <laughs> that is what he's doing. Yeah, like Sorkin. Yeah, I like Sorkin, Sorkin. my own dick. <laughs> <laughs> all-time Mount Rushmore tweet right there. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fucking crazy shit. All right. Um, what have you guys been up to this week? Or do you want me to go? You go. So, uh, yesterday was the 10-year anniversary of, of the series finale of Lost. And so... I spent all of this past week uh, rewatching the final season so that I could watch the series finale uh, yesterday. You guys, I fucking love Lost so much. That season holds up so well for me. I understand that it like it has flaws and I know that it's a fairly divisive finale, but 
I loved the finale when I saw it live. Like, I thought it was really good. Um, I thought the... I've always been, like, Lost is more about the the emotional character story than, like, the mystery elements of it. Um, which I actually thought about a lot when I was watching this movie, and we kind of talked about this earlier. Like, Lost was my first, like, TV obsession, and there's a lot of that, like, puzzle boxy, trying to solve the mystery nature to it. But... Um, Lost also had the characters that I cared a lot about, and I was invested in their trajectories, where, obviously, as we mentioned with this movie, I did not. Um, but anyway, so I rewatched it, and I loved the finale more than I remember loving it, which was already a pretty significant amount. So that was a fun uh, exercise that I did. Um, but then also, in honor of shows that ended um, this past week... I am in the process of rewatching the final season of Mad Men, which holds up super well so far. Uh, I'm only like three episodes in, but uh, it's very, very good, and I miss that show a lot. And I also started rewatching the final season of Game of Thrones, which is worse than I remember no. it. <laughs> yes. Why would you do this to yourself? You're uh, already so, so vulnerable. <laughs> part of the reason why i picked up on Mad Men was like as much as i love lost i was like i like lost is not enough to counterbalance how terrible game of thrones is i need to watch another good show to balance how fucking awful the final season of game of thrones is and i like i haven't watched the finale since it aired a year ago and i was like maybe it's not as bad you know like maybe like with some distance maybe with some time like, it's not as bad as I remember it being. I have watched the first four episodes so far, and only one of them is good, and the other three are just horrendously bad. Mm. And I, like, remember thinking that the finale was the worst thing that happened. The fourth episode is miserable. That's the one after, like, the battle uh, against the Night King and the Army of the Dead. Mm-hmm it's awful it's so bad there's so many bad character choices there's so much bad plotting it's just a terrible is that when jamie leaves yeah he, jamie hooks like, up with brienne and then take... leaves within the matter of 30 minutes it's unbelievable how like the whiplash of all of the character movement in and plotting so of that episode is just a complete train wreck and i was watching one episode a night just to like get it over with but also not overload on how bad it was and i finished that episode three days ago and have not been able to bring myself to watch the, the last wow. two so um so yeah i'm glad well, the i worst two. The, the worst two the worst two the worst two yeah <laughs> uh so yeah i'm glad i uh did watch lost i'm very happy i haven't rewatched that final season since it originally aired 10 years ago so i'm really glad that i did that and mad men's been really good and game of thrones is just such a piece of shit you guys so hopefully sure, you, had, you had better uh, media consumption weeks than I did. <laughs> Mine's pretty quick. Uh, I started playing the game Control, um, which is dope. Uh, it was recommended to me by my friend Kyle, um, who's uh, who I have a history of other podcasts with, actually. Um, and he said that he thinks that I would like it. I started playing it. It's just like Metal Gear Solid in some ways. What, what it's game? It's just like what? Like Metal Gear Solid, I'm opening it up to you if you want to make a joke. I'm allowing you the room if you want it. I don't know. Wait, what's the name of the game? Is Brass Wheel 
toy. Nice. Okay. Nailed it. So anyway, I'm playing this game. And uh, and here here you go. You know how I feel about setups and payoff. Uh, the lead character looks and kind of sounds and acts like Robin Wright Penn or Robin Wright, former wife of Sean Penn, who's in the game, who also was referenced at the beginning of this episode as Robin Wright in House of Cards. She is a quintessential part of this podcast episode, but she kind of looks like the lead character in Control. Um, <laughs> in Control. Nope. You're done. She is anyway, a quintessential it, part of this podcast episode. Are you fucking kidding me? She has repeated throughout. Just the one time. Um, she came up once because Tyrion anyway. mentioned her, and you were like, spoiler alert, she's but coming Sean up again Penn later. Sean Penn is in this movie. <laughs> Sean Penn is a major part of this movie. He's a... Oh, my... Okay. They were married. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but Control is really fun. It has, like, telekinesis. You, like lift up a box and then launch it at somebody across the room um and there's like weird sci-fi elements you're like in this department of control and it's all like brutalist structures and these like weird demon alien monsters in the sewers and people possessed by some sort of crazy interdimensional entity it's cool and it it's a really well done uh game that's super fun and feels like you learn how to play it better each time it's like mc escher all the cool things and like this kind of like stark it's very much like inception if you like inception play control because it's even better is it a ps4 game yes you should get it i i downloaded it from the ps store and uh it's super fun so far i'll check it out i'm not committing to anything also whatever just so that i'm clear (laughs) The connection uh-huh. to Robin Wright is that the character yes. looks like Rob, looks kind of like Robin Wright. Yes, Tierney, tell tell us more about what you've been up to because Matt's done. We're we're done uh, with Matt here. <laughs> so, I'm on the last episode of Giri Haji. It is still fantastic. Uh, How many? Aren't through. there only like eight episodes of that show? Yeah. I haven't been binge watching it. No, I know you haven't. I'm just like I'm. I'm more. That's more like wow. I'm impressed that you've been able to like hold off on watching because like. Colin. I wasn't. I was. <laughs> I was trying to give you a what compliment. Have you been doing? <laughs> I've been doing a lot of uh, revising, so I've been doing a lot of reading of stuff. Uh, I'm also halfway through Waco, uh, which is hmm. pretty good, um, and then not really a multimedia thing here but uh this week i bought a foam roller and i've just been rolling my legs and it feels pretty good nice hell yeah get it girl remember when we all rolled our backs against that tennis ball at your apartment that summer that i got back yeah uh, after i moved and we all just kept rolling up and down walls with a tennis ball rolling (laughs) against our backs (laughs) <laughs> that's just what friends do what tennis balls against I, the used, wall. I also used a rolling pin thing on matt's leg and back after you got back from europe yeah. oh i was so gonna say nice. was this after i moved to denver mm-hmm. yeah okay i was like i definitely don't remember this <laughs> i feel like if i would have walked in on you guys using uh tennis balls i would have been like rubbing the walls 
Yeah, was, <laughs> like cats. Yeah, I've been like, I think it's time for me to leave. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's this was probably the best, one of the best. Tw- oh, I almost dropped it. Twenty dollars I've spent on Amazon. Your sound cut out, Tierney. Oh, it's okay. It wasn't important. <laughs> no, it's bad. <laughs> Anyway, all right, that's well, it. that's all I have. Bless. Uh, good job, team. We watched another movie. Um, which So we're doing Cinema Paradiso next? Is that right? I believe so, yeah. It's on HBO now, so we're trying to get it in while it's on HBO. Nice. It's all right, so yeah, uh, everybody go watch Cinema Paradiso, and then come on back next week, and we'll we'll be talking about it. I'm finished. <laughs>